Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with Irish novelist, poet and director of the Alliance of Independent Authors, Orna Ross. And Orna is chatting to us about annual planning for creatives. We touch upon what annual planning for creatives is, what's involved in the process, why it's important on how creatives can go about getting further educated on planning, working directly with Orna herself. So in my author adventure this week, it's still very much a publisher focused week. The ebook is up for freelance writing, quick tips for fast success across all channels. That's probably been the easiest format that I've had to do for these books. The print book is still under review. So I uploaded through Ingram Spark and I got my e-proof copy to have a look and I was reviewing it but from almost from back to front so from the back pages down to the front and then I thought that was a bit weird because I've had done e-proofs before and it's never been like in that way and then I thought maybe that had something to do with the printing the way it was printed so I approved it but then in the dashboard for those who haven't used Ingram Spark before, there's like a title page and you can see the books that you've got listed with them. And my back cover was showing, not the front cover, which I queried with them. And it turns out I had ticked the option reading from right to left rather than left to right. And my husband was like, "What? A, why would that even be on there? But obviously that is a way of reading. So it is an option. And yeah, I don't know. So I royally stuffed that part up. And thankfully Ingram support were uh, quite quick to rectify it. However, I have had the other e-proof come through right way around this time, but there's still just one one issue which is still getting rectified at the moment. So it's, it's quite timely, the process. If, if something's out, then you've still got to wait like another, can be between two and three business days for either someone to respond or for something to get fixed. But they, they are trying to work as quick as they can, I guess, at this time of year. The other option, the other issue I came across uploading print book to Amazon directly through KDP Select was my Ingram front cover doesn't fit the same template as the Amazon one. So <laughs> I've got to rectify this as well, but I'm no designer. So whether I get in touch with my cover designer or give it a try and uh, do it myself, I'm not sure. I've also been tinkering with the audiobook format. I am trying to upload it to Findaway Voices, which is an audiobook distributor and I haven't ever done audiobook formatting before so it's a new experience for me and it's sort of asking for the audio to be chopped up into specific parts which is fine I can do that but also was having trouble getting the image my front cover image to be you know the size of an audiobook image 
So these are all things that if you're going to do these formats, you need to kind of consider. But thankfully, I have some very nice friends who helped me out there and I got that organized pretty quickly. But when I was uploading the audio, even though it's MP3 format, I kept getting errors and I had to get in touch with them saying, you know, my as far as I'm aware, what I'm uploading is correct. What's the problem? And they got back pretty quickly to say that they knew of the issue and they were working hard to rectify it so it's something from their end which I was kind of glad about because I thought you know nothing's ever simple or it certainly doesn't feel that way when you're independently publishing and uh, you know it's definitely not the easier route as some people think but once you know how to do it properly you get in a groove uh, I'm sure everything will be fine and although I have done some of these processes before you know, I've stopped and started for so long now, it's almost like I've got to educate myself again each time. But I will persevere, as it's been going on for a long time. Uh, so I'm working hard on getting the first book formats up and going. Then I will work on the second books. And then I will celebrate! So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Or you can leave me a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on to help other writers like you discover the podcast. Let's all support each other. Orna Ross is an Irish historical novelist, poet and founder of the Alliance of Independent Authors. Enjoying book sales in 120 countries worldwide, her work has won several awards and accolades, including the Bookseller 100 listings of the most influential people in publishing. My goodness, we are absolutely honoured to have you with us today, Orna. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast. Thank you, Joanne. Delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So obviously, we've just heard a little snippet about who Orna Ross is, but can you tell us, you know, how did you end up in the creative industries yeah so I always wanted to be a writer but when I was a young person which is a long time ago girls didn't really think about becoming writers <laughs> I grew up in Ireland as you can probably hear from the accent in Ireland writers were W.B. Yeats and George Bernard Shaw and Oscar Wilde and they were all men and they were all dead so I grew up thinking I'd like to teach English and that's where I started and I so I did an English lit degree and history and just always had an interest in books. I was just a bookworm and books saved my life in loads of ways. Taught for a while and that didn't really suit me and then kind of set an intention. I want to earn my living from writing. So I started off as a journalist, uh, freelance journalist, features journalism, and then eventually wrote a novel, first a nonfiction book and then a novel. And then self-publishing happened and that was the best move of my writing life without a doubt but in between I, I did uh, some university teaching I started off teaching creative writing but then I moved into creativity studies within a women's studies postgraduate department and I was working with women in very kind of extreme situations so immigrant women uh, women prisoners people like that and began to to kind of I had a, um, an epiphany one night when I realised um, I literally heard a voice <laughs> saying the um, the thing that makes the book makes everything or some, something to that effect and I was there oh 
gosh. And I started exploring the creative process and how it could be used with these women who were in these very, you know, situations that seemed unchangeable, seemed like they were stuck, seemed like it was going to be very, very difficult for them to make things happen. And it was incredibly powerful. And so I became really interested in creativity, the process for change and personal transformation, you know, as well as obviously in my work, in my writing. And then because I was now a publisher, a self-publisher, an indie author, also in my publishing. And so that interest has just kind of grown and grown. So so that's it. And I've kind of distinguished the two in my mind. A creative in my mind is somebody who earns their living from consciously creating something be it books or whatever else. And a creativist is someone who applies the creative process to everything they do in life. So yeah, my interest just continues to grow. There's more and more really interesting research coming out every single day from a psychological perspective, from a philosophical perspective, from a neuroscientific perspective. So many different perspectives now on creativity and I just love reading everything about it and then turning that into very practical programs for people that they can apply to their their work and maybe even eventually I might do life programs too. I'm not sure about Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Really, really incredible, powerful stuff there as well. You know, things that were coming to mind when I was at uni, I didn't get to do this uh, unit that they'd done, which was writing therapy. And I was really bummed because I thought, oh, that sounded really good. And uh, was that the sort of stuff you were doing with with the women who... Yeah, yeah, because I think I think there is a continuum between therapy and creativity. You know, I think a lot of us turn to creative work to heal, although we don't we may not know that. And then once once he, once the healing has happened, the same process takes you into the next level and then the next level and then the next level. So, there, you know, if you are in touch with your own creative capacities, if you are regularly tapping into creative flow, that's a really positive thing for your well-being mental physical I mean, all of that is now we know it anyway we feel it everybody knew it the ancients knew it you know the sages from literally 10,000 years ago were making marks that told us that they felt these things but now we've got science showing us what's actually going on in the brain while we are in creative mode and you can be in creative mode making your breakfast yeah. or you could be in non-creative mode right <laughs> writing your book you know it's not the activity that that is by definition creative it's how you do it and and I think that's why we get very muddled when we're trying to be more creative is that we focus on the what and not enough on the how Mm. and also with creative as well it's like you said it's not just book writing it's uh, it could be business it can be all sorts of things that in your life that you you know it's would you say it's more like a mindset it is definitely yeah. a, a, I think that is a mind mode. Mm. So I don't think any part of our mind is set. I think we're very fluid and we're constantly moving between different modes as we encounter whatever is coming up for us in our life. And <clears throat> what's coming up can be external or internal. We're in this kind of dialogue with life constantly so the mind mode that you meet a situation with will determine you know both your experience of it and your outcome 
And yeah. so, again, it's that distinction between the product when you're consciously creating the product that you want to create, the end product, but the process that's going to get you there. In the most common metaphor used for creativity, it's the destination is one thing, but the journey is is long, yeah. especially when you're making books and the journey has to be created moment by moment. Yeah, I think that's life's definition as well, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really interested that you raise business there, actually, because I am passionate about creative business because so often we've polarized those two things. And creatives, you know, writers, um, all of us, we we tend to say, you know, this is the creative fun bit over here, and that's the business boring bit over there. And you know, if I have a mission around all of these things, and particularly this is this planning for profit for publishers, for self-publishers, it's that it's about integrating the creative with the money because money is hugely creative. Business is just another word for money flow, you know. So it's about connecting with that in the most creative way possible and not setting up you mentioned mindsets not creating mindsets that are stopping you from actually enjoying the flow and making more stuff and making more money yeah no that's fantastic amazing so we're today's topic is like you mentioned annual planning for creatives so we're gonna get into how you know creatives can be creative with their annual planning because that's part of it so no one has to think of planning like oh but you know maybe be creative about it so can you tell us what is annual planning for creatives and why is it why is it important to plan annually personally for me I don't think I can get past three months (laughs) and then I'm sort of left floundering around so annually feels quite quite big quite a length of time yes and and you know five years and ten year plans are also a, a good idea I suppose why it's important you're absolutely right about the quarter the three month and that is the core actually of the annual planning is that you work in quarters or in a smaller bucket sometimes I've had mums who've said to me these quarters don't suit me but I'm working in term times which is equally fine that's the kind of manageable amount of time that you can you can hold and you can see and that you're least likely to overestimate or underestimate so there's that saying you know that we kind of overestimate what we can do in a year but um, sorry underestimate what we can do in a year and overestimate what we can do in a shorter time well a quarter is a really good bucket of time to to neither overestimate nor underestimate but it is important the year becomes important in terms of thinking long term and particularly for authors, I think, and particularly for self-publishing authors. One of the reasons that I encourage uh, annual planning is because it always takes longer than we think it's going to take. And we're already thinking in years. So a year already has significance for us. You know, we've birthday every year. We've other, the, the big seasonal selling uh, season that we've got going on at the moment. Christmas rolls around every year. So we're, we're used to kind of thinking in terms of annual milestones anyway. A year allows us to do a bit of longer term thinking. So creative planning begins with your values. And these are things that don't change too much over time so when you're thinking in the longer term you're thinking big picture and then you break that down into more strategically manageable sort of buckets like the quarter so it's important to think about the longer term because that allows us to think 
big enough to motivate us into creative flow. So we can, if we're, if we're constantly just thinking about the smaller strategic, I need to do this, I got to do that, you know, by my to-do list, it can all get a bit dry and joyless. But the bigger picture is what keeps us uh, connected to flow. And that's why it's so important from a creative perspective. Mm. So with annual planning, say for the year, and, and in my mind, I'm just picturing like a big long calendar thing, you would say, say around what, you know, we're at the end of the year. So sitting down to annual plan for the year, looking at the year in a full and just thinking, what are all the things that I want to achieve next year? And then either ha- having like a list, how, how do you go about beginning the annual planning process, I suppose? Is it just a thinking about what you would like to achieve in that year or where you would like to be at the end of next year yeah that's that's kind of there but that's not not where you start so you go back to basics first of all and the basics begin with your values so the whole idea of creative planning is that you're creating an integrated work i represent it as a triangle and the triangle has pleasure on one side and purpose on the other and profits down at the base and in the middle is values and the value that you offer so at an annual planning level we begin there And before we even get into the pre-intention stage, before we even set our creative intentions, first of all, we look at things like your mission, which is kind of what you want to change in the world, your passion, what really gives you joy and what you really enjoy. And the two of those together give you a sense of purpose. And then we look outwardly at what brings in profit. So the values that you have internally and then the value that you're offering externally bringing those together into an integrated system. And that means looking at our work with three different hats on. So uh, we wear a maker hat to produce our writing and produce the books and produce the marketing kind of materials that go around the book, which might be, you know, a crowdfunder campaign or it might be your social media or it might be your book placement, whatever we need to make falls under the maker hat. Then there is the marketeer, and that is a promotional activity and sales activity. So that's the activity you do not to actually make the content that will go out, but how are you going to get it out there? How do you reach influencers? How do you reach readers? And then the third hat that you wear is the manager. And the manager kind of looks after the process and the pace and makes sure that maker and marketeer have what they need to do to do their work. So we kind of look at all of that. We explore all of that, first of all. And then there's a pre-intention phase where we look, we kind of throw out all the possible things we could do as sort of a love to do list and really brainstorm that under the three hats and then do a selection process that breaks it down. So what happens very often um, with annual planning is that people come to the workshop and they have an idea in their head. I want to do the ABC next year. And then they leave actually with with a different list of what it definitely is not is a big long list of things to do. I was just going to say, it sounds a lot more in depth than what I had in my mind, which was like just reviewing the months of the year, I suppose, and then effectively like like a diary, I suppose, marking off the things that you want to get done. So it just, yeah, it sounds like it's a lot more uh, valuable for sure than that. 
sort of thing. Well, the, the yeah, valuable. Yeah. I, I like the pun there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is that if you're already upset and ready and you have your year and you're all on top of it and you're really enjoying your work and you're really making good profits and you're really connected with your own sense of purpose, then you don't need this. This is for people who either aren't managing to get stuff out the door, the productivity is not where it should be, or they're not making money from the activity because if you're a publisher you're in business you run a publishing business and that should be a profitable business now you might be at the very start and you're not going to be in profit immediately but you know thinking with that uh, you're happy with how it's going and you're on track if you like if you're not if you if you're not making profit if you've been putting books out there and they're not selling you know any of those kinds of things or if you're dry and joyless and feeling like oh this is all too much I can't cope I'm overwhelmed or I'm bored this isn't working for me anymore I'm just cranking the stuff out the pleasure part then that's what this annual workshop is for it's about reconnecting with why you're doing this thing and making sure you're working from your deepest and your highest motives and that gives you this incredible power called creative flow Mm. so in one mind mode what I call the conditioned conventional mind mode we're distractible we're you know undisciplined we're lazy we're whatever we want to call ourselves busy is also uh, over busy is also a a sign of that but in creative flow we're not in when we're in flow everything just happens so easily and is so much more than can happen with just the kind of tick the box mind and that's the danger of the list the other danger of the to-do list is that it never goes away no you never get you never get a sense of accomplishment so the important thing about this uh, you know go creative method is that you are actually setting intentions at the beginning so you come back from the year into the quarter back from the quarter into the month back from the month into the week back from the week into the day and you have your day which would tell you what you're doing you know what the shape of the day looks like and the step that you are taking that day and we have a Facebook group where at the beginning of the week we set our intentions for the week and then at the end of the week we're under the three hats maker manager marketeer and then we come back at the end of the week and note the accomplishments and sometimes what we've accomplished is not what we intended on Monday <laughs> Friday's accomplishments look different sometimes you know it's a great week and you more than you intended happened or something marvelous happens sometimes it's not a great week that's fine you just carry over into the next week but that said you've always accomplished something unless you haven't managed to get to the desk at all in which case it's worth noting that and if that's happening regularly then there are ways to kind of get behind that and find out why that's the other thing with creative planning method is understanding the dynamics of resistance and block and the ways in which they present for you that's amazing so there's a facebook group linked up to that so you're all checking in is that right is yes everybody's accountable yes exactly so how it works is the annual planning happens and that's open to everybody and then there's a group that i work with of patrons on patreon and they come to a monthly workshop which kind of keeps us going through and both the annual those who attended just the annual one and are happy to go on their own there are planners which people can purchase and there are also pdfs which go with the workshop which you can download and there are pdfs which uh, people receive every month 
keep you online so make it make it very easy for you to fill out what's going on within this structure so yeah that's that's essentially how it works and then the facebook group is the accountability group the facebook group is where you come in and say okay this week maker did such and such marketer didn't do anything at all but manager has that sorted now for next week and is going to make sure that marketer gets the resources they need to make what they intended to do happen or thrown out those intentions and got new ones, you know, because it is a creative process and things are constantly unfolding and it allows for that. So that's the problem with most planning methods is they're too structured. They're too Mm. managerial. They don't allow for the maker and the unpredictability of creativity, the messiness, the the need to sometimes not know what the heck you're doing, but you're doing something to report into people who get that and who have been there and who understand how it feels and who are all working from a similar sort of process. It has been very useful for people. I know it's very useful for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the way I work as well. Being Knowing I'm being accountable to someone makes me get the stuff done. Absolutely. But it's also good, I suppose, with a group like this as well, you'd be able to reflect on on what you have done, which a lot of people don't. And you can, like you said, you can become busy. The to-do list is there all the time and you can feel like you're not being rewarded or you're not getting ahead when really, if you look back, then you can actually see all the the stuff that you have completed, which is which is amazing. Can I ask, just, just off the top of your head, say, what would be like an example I use my own circumstance. So two sort of independently published books, just starting to put them out there. So in my annual planning, do you suggest the the maker, the marketer and the managerial hat? You're supposed to be doing these three hats on a weekly basis or each one comes into play like different times throughout the year from your plan? Does that make so sense? So Yes, absolutely. It's a really good question. So I think and encourage, I believe it's important to touch in with all three all the time. And uh, So on a weekly basis to do something and to recognize that you're doing something from a managerial perspective, recognize when you're doing something from a marketing perspective and so on. So it can be something really, really small, though. What will happen then is as the year is unfolding, different hats will be on your head for a longer period of time you'd be giving more attention obviously to the marketing hat when you're launching a book as an example so or when you're deciding okay I'm going to get serious now about selling these it's time to set up a promotion set an intention I'm going to sell a thousand books in the next three months or whatever it might be it doesn't matter what the intention is doesn't matter if it's much smaller than that or much bigger than that that's irrelevant but every single day we can do a little something that helps to put our book out there, which is marketeer's job. Every single day we can do something that keeps an eye on money flow and time, our, our pacing, our self-care. Our, and another thing we focus on is creative work, rest and play. So rest and play get as much attention in this method as work because rest and play for the creative are actually the process. They're not breaks from the process. They actually are the process. And the more we recognize that and bring them into our planning, the again the more flow we get so it's it's kind of keeping in touch with it at a smaller level all the time but then knowing sometimes you've got to go really deep into the writing for example into the maker mode or sometimes 
an example would be we ignore how challenging it can be to make in inverted commas our social media posts and so recognizing that is a creative task just like writing your book and you need to bring that level of attention to it so that's a maker hat task and then when you put on the maker hat you you approach it differently than if you see it as a business task where you're just trying to get through it managerially and get the posts out and you know so that sort of distinction so yeah to answer your question, keep in touch with all three on a regular basis and then emphasize at all times you're emphasizing one over the other. Mm, yeah, no, fantastic. What it is, is I do this paid live training session, really, uh, of the annual workshop. And then from that group, some of them will go into become um, planning for profit patrons on my on my yep. patreon which is limited the number of places that i have there and then that group st- um, gets a monthly workshop on a particular theme but the planning is going on all the time so we check in with the plans each month they receive downloadable plans for that month which they fill out it's self-directed so each person will be filling them out completely differently it's like throwing out a prompt for a poem you know no two plans are going to look the same but they all fit into that overall structure and it's just ongoing because the planning doesn't stop And I'm just there as a resource where they can ask their questions about the particular stage that they're at or if we get into more practical questions as well. So that monthly workshop is an opportunity to just tap in and and get specific help on a particular issue as well as doing the plans. And we focus on a particular theme. So it might be a marketing theme, it might be a a maker theme, it might be a, a manager theme. The manager themes tend to be around money, things like, you know, pay yourself first would be a theme that we would explore why so we're always looking at the why and the how as well as the what so on a theme like that we would explore why aren't you paying yourself first what script are you saying in your mind oh when I make enough money I'll pay myself but now I don't have the resources you know well is that true and if you were to approach it in a different way how might that happen and then different members of the group will put in their experience about when their mind mode shifted and how they did things differently and then we set the plans for the month based around what what emerges in the workshop oh that's amazing and so when you set the plans is these steps that people have to take to achieve the plan and then like you said it's just small actionable steps each day that will fit say that person's personality or schedule or what they can achieve obviously based on their personal circumstance I suppose 100 percent. yeah so the the resources of time and money and space and place and all of those things vary completely from author to author so obviously somebody who's working full-time is in a completely different situation to somebody who has a full-time job and the kids to look after as well you know so the amount of time the space the the money you have available all these things are, are variable so the panel completely allows for that and you just fill out your own the the value of the workshops i mean there's lots of value to them i think but one of one of the things that's really valuable is that you do the work there and then you turn up for the workshop you fill your plans you know what you're doing for the month and you know what you're doing for the four weeks and you know what you're doing you know you're breaking it down in the workshop and making the plan for the month to come as well as looking going in depth in some particular aspect of the planning 
Mm. And then obviously, I guess like the following month, some people, like you said, some things might not go to plan, uh, you know, life gets in the way. Is that just sort of spent kind of reassessing or just moving forward with the next section or? The beginning is always a review. And then you, so you have a look and see how, how it went. And uh, we have various kind of score sheets for, you know, your satisfaction with different aspects, again, under the three hats, which break down into different things. So, yeah, you just do a quick review, look at how it went. It doesn't really matter what happened before. And, and that's important. It only as learning. And you just take the learning forward and then you look at where you are this month. The other thing is that people, some people can't attend live. And so, the, the you know, the, it's recorded and the workshop is there for people to do in replay or for those who did attend live to go back if there's something that they want to particularly focus in on. So you don't have to do it live. You can do it in your own time. It suits you better, obviously. It's at a set time. It doesn't particularly suit. It's actually 5 p.m. UK. So um, a lot of our Australian patrons. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, like one, two in the morning or something. <laughs> exactly. That's that's not ever going to work. Exactly. But replay yeah. works just fine. It yeah. doesn't have to be live. Yeah. So the people that go on to your limited space profit planning. Yeah. Planning yeah. for profit. Yeah. They, they generally all start at the same time. And, and if it's annually, like at the end of the, the year, does everybody kind of do like a big reflection, big review or it just carries yes. on? Yeah. We just finished our annual review. Oh, um, we do that in November. Yeah. And that kind of preps people to get ready for the planning then, which happens at the end of December yeah. for the, the year to come. But it's a rolling thing. So, you know, the other thing about the patron is people move in and move out as they right. need it, you know, yeah. so you don't have to be there all the time. And yeah. it's designed in that way that you can, you know, opt in for a few months and then opt out or you can stay. So some people have been there since the very first annual planning session. They're still there. And then others have come in since. And yeah, it just it's limited space wise because it's not a big webinar. It is yeah. a workshop and yeah. people need space to speak and to ask questions and to just to feel safe as well I think and to feel people are getting to know each other and in these workshops sometimes because you are dealing with things around resistance and block and stuff like that there's always a deeper reason and sometimes that, that can actually be you know quite challenging for people so it, the space needs to be safe so it can't be a yeah. huge big, big which, thing. Yeah which sounds like you're tying in the work that you've previously done you know with the writing therapy and the, to get to the root of someone's creative blocks I suppose to to move them forward which is amazing how long has uh, the workshops been going the live workshop been going and the annual planning have you been doing it a while or yes I've been doing it for a good while now I can't say exactly when I think yeah. May 2020 it's just started oh, yeah. um, Fantastic. what's the been the general consensus since you've been going the, the feedback you've had yeah the feedback for those who you see it's not for everybody and, and I think that's the important thing to say. Any planning method is very personal. And so it's either go and also the way I approach it. You know, I mean, one one guy said to me, sorry, Orna, I, you know, I know what you're doing is good, but I can't take all that touchy feely self <laughs> stuff. <laughs> he was gone pretty quickly. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah, the feedback from we've seen people do amazing things and change rapidly and make big transitions transformations and then there are other people who are quietly working away step by step 
step, you know, building things slowly, book by book, asset by asset. So again, it's very personal how people respond. Everything you need is there if this kind of way of thinking and working speaks to you. It's definitely a powerful process. It's not my process. It's your process. Yeah. <laughs> All it does is gives the container for the power of your creative process to actually assert itself. And it's really very much about getting out of your own way. You know, we all have this tremendous power within, but we, it's overlaid with a whole load of stuff you know that we've picked up along the way learned from society learned from previous experiences and so on and you know just getting out of our own way so that we can get into what I call the create state so that flow can happen and that's where the play and the and the rest becomes very important resting in a particular way that that reinvigorates your your creative process playing in a particular way that, that does the same thing these are really important components of it yeah, well, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. Can you please tell us when is the next, you know, live workshop going to be? And uh, yeah, please tell us all the details. Yes. Yeah, so the annual planning this year will be on um, Christmas Eve Eve. So the 30th of December and it will be at 5pm UK time. The notice is up at selfpublishingadvice.org forward slash annual planning. And that will give you a, an idea of exactly what to expect and it is 29 pounds to attend the the planning session fantastic but anybody like ourselves possibly in australia we can do the replay and exactly yeah <laughs> exactly you get it as replay it won't yeah. be a webinar pretending to be <laughs> pretending to be current it will clearly be a replay but yeah once you join the patreon group you're you get everything so you yeah. You know, all the replays are there yeah. from the start or a year's worth, actually. I think it is. Yeah, goes back to the previous year. Yeah, because there's no yeah. point in duplicating some of the stuff that's happened before. And then there are bonus ones on particular topics that we've carried forward that we did prior to that year. So when you're in the Patreon setup, you can have access to all of it. And you can ask because yeah. obviously, let's say we get the replays and things like that. But the live people, they can ask questions where, say, the replay, how, how do they contact is that through the the by email. that's through? by email so, yeah that's got to be yeah. by and that's got to be by email yeah um but any question anytime any uh, during the month you know once you're uh, a patron your question gets priority and mm -hmm. it will be answered directly by myself or if there's somebody better you know somebody who's more clued in on a specific topic then you'll get an answer from them Mm, no, well, it sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm uh, blown away. You know, it's it's definitely so much more than what I thought annual planning <laughs> is. Oh, <laughs> and okay. a, yeah, a lot more in depth thinking about all those aspects of your business and actually motivating yourself to achieve those, I guess, with a, a year in mind rather than just say a week here and there and floundering around and then getting lost. And, and, and that could maybe even be the reason just not not having gone that whole year in planning just just a couple of bits here and there. So no, it sounds amazing. Uh, well, thank you so much, Orna, for lending us your time and your expertise. And uh, can you tell us, you know, where can our listeners discover you, your work, uh, Alliance of Independent Authors and just everything on and offline? 
Yeah, so uh, the Alliance for Independent Authors is um, the professional association for self-publishing writers, and that's at allianceindependentauthors.org. And members get all sorts of benefits and advantages, but also the Alliance works as an advocacy group for independent authors within the publishing sector and the self-publishing sector. So we're constantly trying to improve things. So that's the Alliance. And as one of the things that the Alliance does is it runs a self-publishing advice centre. So that's at selfpublishingadvice.org. And there is a blog there and a podcast. And again, it's divided out into the seven stages, the seven processes of publishing. So editorial design, production, distribution, marketing, promotion and rights licensing. So if you have a question on any of those stages of the publishing process, you can just jump in and use the search box and that will throw up um, lots of podcasts and blog posts posts on that topic and yeah my own writing happens at orneross.com that's historical fiction and inspirational poetry amazing I'm just like how do you even have the time for that as well (laughs) with all the other things (laughs) (laughs) oh that's the foundation of it all (laughs) yeah through annual planning (laughs) yes indeed (laughs) well thanks so much Arna that was amazing thank you Joanne thanks so much bye bye now So there you have it, folks, the super insightful and enlightening Orna Ross. And I'm really looking forward to checking out Orna's live workshop and annual planning for creatives via her Patreon. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have writer, author, lecturer, ex-newspaper and TV journalist Robin Young. And she's going to be talking to us about making decisions to make things happen, which I think is quite relevant to this time of year. You know, people wind down, but your mind's got to be in next year for what you want to do and and whatnot. Be ahead of the game by thinking about it now. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.